Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Amen. I've got a word for somebody today, and it just flows right into what we are already feeling this morning. I just simply want to preach, bless the Lord at all times. Bless him at all times. As you remain seated, Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around all them that fear him, and he delivers them. To verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Amen. We will bless the Lord at all times. God owns everything. God is in control. Maybe some of you have a friend or a family member when it comes time to their birthday and you have no idea what to give them because it seems like they have everything they could possibly need. And it's some of the biggest struggles sometimes to find that perfect gift. And I've wondered to God, what can I give God to be a blessing to him? What can I do for God that would bring him joy and excitement and feel uh, pleasure? What could I possibly do for him? After all, he is God. And I feel so unworthy sometimes to try to even do or accomplish anything for him. But my Bible says that you and I can be a blessing to Almighty God. And I think I figured out how to do it. And we did a little bit of it here earlier. You can bless the Lord God Almighty by simply speaking words of adoration and appreciation to him about his attributes. And not just once a year or once a month. Or once a week, but every day. Some of us, it is every hour of the day. Always thinking about God. Always talking about God. Always got a scripture going on in your mind or a song in your heart. Hallelujah. That's how you bless God. When you think about him day after day. When you talk to him day after day. When you mention how good he is and you testify to him. Oh, that blesses the Lord. Oh, that excites the Lord. Oh, how that touches the heart of God. A few years ago, I was at Missouri District Youth Convention. And I looked over and I saw a man there my age. And I nearly did not recognize him. But after I looked at him, I realized he is one of my old-time friends that I used to come to this convention back in the 90s with. And I looked at him and he did not look apostolic any longer. He looked like a man of the world. And I walked up to him, gave him a big hug, and he didn't recognize me at first. After all, we hadn't seen each other since we were 13 and 14 years old, and we kind of connected right there in church. 
And I said, well, what, what are you doing back here? He said, well, I've walked away from God when I was 16. And I haven't been back in church, but I heard the convention was going on, and I've just come here to, to just see it. And I said, really, truly, why are you here? He said, truth be told, I just want to come here and feel the things that I used to feel. You want to know why? Because there is no greater feeling than what you get in the house of God. Alcohol has nothing compared to the feeling that we have. Drugs has nothing compared to the feeling that we have. No sin in this world compares to the feeling that God has given to us. Praise the Lord. And I said, well, why don't you come up and pray with us? He said, I'm not going to do it. I said, why don't you just pray right here? He said, I'm not going to do it. And I finally just asked him why. He said, I'm not going to do nothing for God because God never did anything for me. And you know, it was kind of like a friendship, a reconnection, but I thought, I may never see him again. He needs a little bit of preaching to him right now. And I said, let me tell you this, you probably should have been dead long ago, but God gave you good parents to raise you in a good home. You should have already probably went down to the underworld, down into hell, but Jesus died on a cross to save your soul. Hallelujah. He has blessed you in years past. You had a personal revival in your life, but somewhere along the line, you quit blessing God and you started being bitter to God continually. And not only that, but you started to blame God continually. And I looked up at him after preaching and I saw tears begin to stream down his eyes. And I realized at that moment, the answer came to him and he just raised his hands and all he could say was, thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so worthy. And I saw that man who had been back for a long time, completely pray through because he went from blaming God to blessing God. Hallelujah. You just may be a prayer away from being blessed by Almighty God. Oh, the spirit of blame is in the earth right now. The spirit of Bitterness is in the earth right now. Everybody is offended at God. Everybody is blaming God. And God's up there wondering, what did I ever do to them? I could have given up on the world a long time ago. Mankind sinned against me. Mankind ran from me. Mankind took me out of their world and took me out of their lives. But we serve a good God. Instead of him walking away from us, so no, he walked closer to us. He descended from the heavens and came down, amen, and walked among us. God on a cross for us, was buried for us, and he rose again for us to give us life with him for all eternity. Praise the Lord. And I will bless him continually for this. I love the book of Psalms. Sometimes it can be difficult to preach because they're all over the place. And that's how sometimes you get in the, in the presence of God. You start praying about this and praying about this and praying about this and that and the other. And it's just all, all this good stuff and you don't know exactly what to say. But most of these psalms were written by King David. Times when he was a shepherd. Times when he was a king. Times when he was in trouble. When he was a shepherd, he wrote a psalm probably before he ever fought Goliath. When he was just simply eight, nine, or ten years old. And he looked around at his little sheep that he cared for and realized, you know what, I'm a sheep in the eyes of God. And it is truly his rod and staff that has kept me and comforted me. God has been a shepherd to me all of my life. After he established his throne, his kingship, and he set up the tabernacle of the Lord for everybody to come and to see and behold, he wrote the famous psalm, I was so glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. 
He knew how to write, and he knew how to sing and play unto the Lord when times were good. When he felt cared for, when he felt taken care of, when he felt like he had wealth, when he felt like he had money, when he felt so near unto the presence of the Lord, he learned how to write psalms in the good times. He praised the Lord when times were prosperous. He praised him after he would win great battles and great wars. But you read some of his other psalms. It was not always good times for King David. But he knew that if I'm going to bless the Lord during the good times, I've got to bless him during the bad times. And you read the psalms, some of the deepest psalms, some of the greatest psalms that have helped you and I through hard times. It is psalms when things were not going good for David. This was the man who conquered giants, the man who conquered thousands of enemy soldiers. And yet with all of that, he had an enemy with among his own people and among his own family, King Saul. He knew he could not fight the Lord's anointed, so he fled for his life. And where did he go? The house of the Lord. Can I tell you this? When you're in trouble, the house of God is the greatest place to flee to. Oh, I'm telling you right now, this place is a strong tower. This place is a place of refuge. There is so much hope, amen, and help and safety here today. And maybe some of you may feel like you're on the run from something or somebody. I've come to tell you that the light and the bread of God is here for you to take in Jesus' name. David came there. He wasn't a priest, but he got a glimpse of the future that would one day come. The priest gave him holy bread. He looked around. He had no weapon. He fled so quickly, looked up, and there was the sword of Goliath, and he took it. He didn't know where to go. He wound up in enemy territory at the gates of the Philistines, and they came out to see him, and he realized he was in trouble, and he had to pretend like he was out of his mind. And they looked at him and said, we can do nothing for this man. Leave him alone. And he finally fled to the caves, and it was in those caves there away from his family, completely helpless, completely hopeless, not knowing how is God going to fulfill his word that he gave through Samuel to me that I would be king one day. And he began to write this psalm, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. He's separated from his wife. He's separated from his children. He's separated from his army. He's separated from God's house. And yet he could raise his hands and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. He's been too good to me. For me to ever give up on telling him how great he is. Even though I'm in this cave, even though I've been betrayed, even though there are people within my own family that want to kill me, I still got something to bless the Lord about. Hallelujah. You look in the Bible, the people who prospered the most were the people that knew how to bless the Lord. You read the story of Job. Satan comes down with permission from God to wage a spiritual war upon Job. He takes his property. He takes his serpent, his servants. He takes his children. And what does Job do? He doesn't look around and blame God. He doesn't look around and get bitter at God. But you know what he says? The Lord gives, and he also takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The foundation of getting everything back in Job's life came from blessing the Lord, from exalting the Lord, for praising Almighty God. And maybe you've gone through some loss, 
Maybe you've gone through a few things since COVID hit and now this war has come and we're worried about this and that and the other. Can I tell you how you're going to be sustained in this time and season before the Lord comes? It is blessing God in the good times. It is blessing God in the bad times. Hallelujah. You've got to learn to remain a worshiper no matter when or where or what happens. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. The Bible says during that time, many began to gather to David, 400 men, men of war. But they were not the choices of men in the land. But it says they were discouraged men, men who were in great debt, and men who had no direction at all. And through that time, David wrote this psalm for all these men to hear it in that cave. He said unto them, let us begin to magnify the Lord together. I've wondered, how can we magnify God? He's everywhere. How can we make God bigger? And I learned it a long time ago. I can't so much make God bigger than what he already is, but I can make him bigger inside and on me. I've noticed a pattern in this church for years, and I don't know if I've ever even talked about this. There's a reason we don't usually just sing one song in worship service, but sometimes it's two or three. You want to know why? It's because we got a first song worship crew, we've got a second song worship crew, and sometimes a third song worship crew. And you want to know what happens? It's the people that just get worship. It doesn't matter how new or how old the song is. They're just happy to be able to get up here and sing. And you know what happens when they begin to sing? God is magnified. And the onlookers, it is as if a big magnifying glass is put down here at the altar as we see the youth group and some of our praise of worshipers. And all of a sudden, everybody realized, whoa, it's not just us here in this room, but Almighty God is in this room. And like the psalm says, their faces begin to light up. They begin to see almighty God on people. I want to be a first song worshiper. I want to be the one that magnifies God for everybody to see. I saw it in this worship service. I saw people down here with their hands raised, some laid out on the floor, some down on their knees. And as I looked at some of the onlookers, looked at the worship, men with their arms folded, people with their hands in their pockets began to weep and to cry because they could see God in the worship of God's people. Can I tell you this? You don't have to be an onlooker any longer, but the revelation of blessing the Lord and praising him continually is coming upon you this day. I'll never put my hands in my pockets ever again when God is moving. I'll never move my arms and fold them up like he's moving. But the Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. Wave your hands, all ye people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Praise God. It didn't just stop there. David said, after I've blessed him, after I have praised him, after I have magnified him, it is time to seek after him. He said, I sought the Lord, and he delivered me from all of my fears. David never made a major decision without consulting the Lord about it. He never, never went to a witch He never went to a spiritist. He never threw up rocks in the air and see how they landed. Oh, no, he always inquired of the Lord. The Bible says when he fled from the Lord and was in those caves, the priests came running to him. 
David loved the priest. He knew that was God's anointed man. And he knew if there was always a priest to watch over Israel, God would always be present. He said he would inquire of the Lord. You know what those priests had in their holy garments? A little pouch they wore it over their heart. And inside of that pouch were two stones. They were called the Urim and the Thummim. And there's a lot of ideas about this, but the best sources I have found is that the people or the king, usually the king or a prophet, would come and inquire of the Lord, and the priest would ask God a question, and usually a yes or no question, such as, shall we go to war? And the priest would put his hands in those stones and bring them out. And there was a stone, if it lit up, it meant yes, and if the other stone lit up, it meant no. Tradition says these stones, were the, one was the color of the sun, and one was the color of the moon. Urim and Thummim, it meant truth and light. So if the king asked, shall I go to war? And the one that was a yes stone, it lit up, yes, he would go to war. And you see David doing this throughout the Bible. He would inquire of the Lord, shall I go to war? And God would say, yes. The priest would put the stones back. David would ask another question, will we win this war? The priest would bring out the stones and one would light up, yes. That is how he found out and that is how he won and conquered his enemy simply because he sought the Lord. I can testify I know about this. When I start doing things my way, it never works out. When I start trusting my own understanding, it never works out. How many know what I'm talking about? You get to wandering and pretty soon you get lost. You know why none of us know what comes tomorrow? But God knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly where you need to be to prosper. He knows exactly where you need to be happy. He knows exactly where you need to find peace. And I feel like here in this house today, there are people here that need direction from God. You need a yes or no answer from God. It's time to start asking yes or no questions. God, do I stay at the job I am at and wait for the yes or no? God, is that promotion coming to me? Wait for the yes or no. Trust in God with every major decision. God will talk to you in times like this. At the lowest of the lowest moments in your life, when God is praised and worshiped and when he is blessed and when he is sought after and magnified, he wants to direct people's lives. He wants to direct people's paths. And I feel like somebody really needs a desperate word from God, and I wish I could give it to you, but the Bible says, I sought the Lord. You've got to seek the Lord. You've got to find the answer. You've got to trust God, amen, for the every decision of your life. Can you say amen? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Don't ever make a decision without God's blessing. Don't ever seek the Lord and having something already on your mind, but coming to him with an open mind. That's how David conquered kingdoms. That is how he brought down his enemies because he sought the Lord. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? amen. Trust the Lord. Amen. If the musicians would please come. David said, after blessing the Lord and praising him continually and seeking the Lord, he switches and he says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear God. Being stuck there in a cave, I don't know exactly what all David saw. A lot of times in these Psalms, he wouldn't give us the details. I think some of his experiences were so precious, he couldn't tell them publicly. But David had experiences with angels. 
And they would always come to him during stressful times, hard times, dark times. There's a story. He was outnumbered. The enemy had more weapons, and they were hiding in the trees. And David said to his army, wait for the sound of horses. Wait for the sound of armies that you hear in the trees. And his men laid wait, ready for battle. And sure enough, they looked up in the trees, couldn't see anybody, but they heard the sounds of footsteps and the sound of a mighty army going over the tops of those trees and went out and fought the battle for them. Praise God. I believe in angels. They're real. And from time to time, they come and visit us here at this church. From time to time, they'll show up in places you would never imagine. At a low moment in my life, before I was married, I was struggling as a preacher, struggling, trying to find my way, and I was uh, putting gas in my car. You know, I used to make fun of those little memes, you know, uh, Jesus, I can't even put gas in my car without you. I used to think that was so silly until uh, COVID-19 came, and I was at the pump worried about what was going to happen at the future the future and I remember pumping gas in my car and I started crying and I said to God I really can't pump gas without you it was around 2007 2008 I was putting gas in my car and praying and out of nowhere I turned around I thought I was the only person there at the whole gas station I turned around and this car appeared at the pump right next to me it looked like it wasn't but it looked like one of those old Oldsmobiles, an old Oldsmobile. It was like a goldish cream colored. I don't even remember seeing a license plate on it. I don't even remember seeing Oldsmobile on it. It was just a car that kind of appeared out of nowhere. And I thought, that's funny. I didn't even hear the car come in. It just kind of appeared out of nowhere. And this man got out of the car and walked right up to me. And he said, hello, I'm on my way for a big job. I have a big assignment today. And I was wondering if you could buy my gas today so I can get there. Now, normally I would have said, take care of yourself, bum. But, no, I would never say that. I would never say that. But uh, there was something in me that just said, I should do this and really help this person out. And I said, absolutely. Let me fill up your tank. I walk over there and I put my card in. And it came out to $10. I just filled up his tank and it came out to $10. And uh, I don't know what it was. I just, there was something so interesting about this guy. His eyes sparkled. His voice, when he talked to me, it was like the sound wasn't coming from his mouth, but coming from every direction. And it was like the whole place just went quiet. Like I couldn't even hear the trees. I couldn't hear the sounds, you know, of the neighborhood there with this man and the gas tank normally it would take about 45 to 50 seconds what was interesting was it filled up in just like five seconds ten dollars worth of gas just boom just like that i put the gas pump up and he said thank you so much justin he gets in his car and i didn't think about it because i was worried about my problems in my life and i walk over to my car and i thought how did that guy know my name and i turned around and the car and the man were gone completely gone and all of a sudden I could hear birds I could hear the trees I could hear the sound of the neighborhood and I thought for a minute and it realized I realized right there in that moment I just entertained an angel of the Lord I just entertained an angel of the Lord 
The Bible says that. Be kind to strangers because sometimes you will entertain an angel. I wish I could tell you that angel laid hands on me and everything got perfect. I wish I could tell you that angel came and solved all of my problems. You know what was going on there? God was testing me. Justin, can you do goodness? Can you do kindness even when you don't feel like it? Can you partner with the heavenly messengers in that moment, in that time, even when you don't feel like it? And can I tell you what? After that time, something shifted in my life, in my ministry, and my eyes were open to the spirit world like never before. Angels encamp around about people that fear the Lord. I've had a very, very complicated, hectic week, but God is at work. And I'll tell you more about it maybe in the months to come. God is doing great things in my personal life. But this past Sunday, I was sitting over there as Bishop was preaching and just thinking about all the things that I would have to do this week. And can I tell you what? I was glad to be in the house of the Lord. We had great church. But can I tell you, I wasn't feeling all that spiritual last Sunday. I just really wasn't thinking about life, right? You know what I'm talking about. But I just pretend like I'm good, like we're supposed to do, right? And uh, this week was taking care of things, real busy. And a, uh, a man in this church, a great man in this church, he texted me and said, my son, his son's a preteen. He said, my son saw an angel in church this past Sunday. And this young man is a good young man. I've never known him to tell tall tales at all, but has been honest, a great young man in this church. He said it was not what I expected. You know, normally you think of them having big long wings and tall and, you know, glitter and sparkle, and they do that sometimes. But he said, my son was in church, and while the pastor was preaching, he looked up on the platform. My dad, Stan Gleason, our bishop, was up here preaching. He said, I, my son looked up on the platform, and right near him, he said, he saw Justin Gleason. But then he looked over and saw me sitting where I normally sit and then looked back again. He saw Justin Gleason. What happened right there in that moment is the Holy Ghost opened that young man's eyes. And that happened in the Bible. The prophets would pray for young men that the Lord would open their eyes and they would see the angelic host down a mountain or in the field or wherever. As a reminder, there are more with us than are with them. And can I tell you, I needed that right there in that moment. And I don't know what all was going on there. Other people have seen an angel that looks just like me in this church. That's about the fourth or fifth instance. I don't know exactly what all that is about, but I'm coming to tell you this morning that you are not alone in this world. But the eye of the Lord is upon you, as David said, and his ears are open to you. And the Bible says that angels have come to minister to his people. Don't ever think that nothing is guarding you. Don't ever think that nothing is watching over you, but God wants to bless his people and he wants to overshadow the righteous. I've just come to tell you, just like David, who could bless the Lord in hard times, you can bless him in hard times and an angel will come to you. In hard times, amen, people will come to you to help you. In hard times, when you feel like all is lost, the Lord will bring you back and set you on your path to fulfill your destiny. The life of David is such a blessing and we can all relate to it. That even in the hardest of times, if you will learn to bless this God and to exalt Him, to worship Him, He will deliver you out of your trouble. 
I feel like there's somebody that just feels so stuck here today. You feel like you're at a dead end. And it's destroying your mind. It's destroying your heart. It's destroying your life. And you don't know exactly how to get out of the situation and out of the problem. Can I tell you, you're just one blessing away from God taking you to a better place. Hallelujah. Let's all stand in the presence of the Lord. There is so much benefit if you will just trust this God. There is so much help if you will just exalt this Jesus. He's looking for a worshiper today. He's looking for somebody to worship him in a way you have never done before. He's looking for somebody to say, hey man, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to get as close as I can to that altar and call out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Some of you, you have never come to the altar. You feel like it's not your thing. You feel like, you know, you like seeing other people do it. Oh, my friend, that's the devil lying to you. That is your flesh lying to you. I don't care how much sin you've got in your life. I don't care how much guilt and shame you've got in your life. The blood of Jesus covers it all. Let me tell you, the altar is where you hear from God. The altar is where you receive answers from God. Don't worry about what anybody thinks. It's a judgment-free zone here today. If you feel like you're stuck, in a cave, if you feel like you're on the run, if you feel like you don't know where to go or where to turn, amen, you don't even know what to pray, amen, the Bible says if you'll just cry out to God, he'll hear you. He wants to hear a cry, not an elaborate, long thought out prayer, but just a cry out to the Lord, like a baby, like a child in the arms of his father and mother, if you'll just cry out to him, oh, he'll hear your voice from heaven, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Crying out to him is a blessing to him. Weeping in his presence is a blessing to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. Life is not perfect. That's the best time to bless the Lord. It's not working out. That's the best time to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. You may have failed. It's the best time to bless the Lord. You're lost. You're discouraged. It's the best time to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Your health is deteriorating. It's the best time to bless the Lord. Things are stacking up. It's the best time to bless him, to bless him, to bless him. I just love you, Jesus. I just worship you, Jesus. Come on, he's after your heart today. He's after your feelings today. I call out to you, Lord. I just call out to you, Lord. Hallelujah. He wants your heart. He wants your voice. He wants your problems. He wants your faults. He wants your failures. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, protect your anointed in this time and season. Protect, Lord, your call and chosen in this time and season. Hallelujah. We've come to get it right before revival with Brother Wade, Lord, today. Amen. We've come, amen, to seek you and to call out to you, amen, for direction today. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, open a door, open a door, open a door. Oh, Lord, let your voice speak. Hallelujah. Somebody's inquiring of you today. Give them an answer, a yes or a no. A yes or a no. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody cry out to him now. You don't have to have perfect words. Maybe just to cry out. Say, oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. He took away my groanings and put praise in my mouth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.